This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm surprised you're not sitting in your car in your driveway <laughs> trying to get away from, like, to make as least noise. Or would that have to, the door probably slamming would probably cause, cause a ruckus, huh? Two kids under two, man. You just, uh, you find a way to make it work. We're uh, keeping pampers in business. Well, I know... I'm, I'll, we'll, we'll keep it kind of short so you can get to sleep right after this because I'm sure that's all you can think about right now. Um, Pelicans are releasing their schedule on Monday. We've talked so much Pels in part because of everything that has happened in the last few months between hiring David Griffin, making the AD trade, getting a guy like Zion. When do you remember talking Pels and, and people being this excited in August about Pelicans basketball? It's been a really long time. I mean, if ever, uh, frankly. I mean, you know, there was some excitement, I think, entering last year. I think that there were people who, who thought that that team was capable entering the offseason. Uh, they were capable of big things, you know, after going to the playoffs and just kind of having the opportunity to, to get to Golden State and, and seeing them in the playoffs and seeing that, you know, you could at least do a little damage. There was some excitement there, but not this level of – wow, look at what the future is building here. And I, I think that is the big difference, not to mention the what the heck is this guy going to look like, um, you know, at, at six, seven, two hundred eighty-five 285 pounds on an NBA basketball court. So it is a, a different level uh, for sure. And I think, you know, you can just tell by the engagement of the fans, uh, just even though this season – their over-under is not even a playoff team at this point. Right. And still you've seen that level of excitement entering the season. We, we talked about that last night. I think their over-under right now is, I think, 39 or 40, kind of hovering around then. It's still below 500. Even if you get to, I think, that mark, it's probably still a successful season. Uh, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you tonight is because they are releasing the schedule on Monday. And it, it's I think the – I saw my – it might have been Jim Eichenhofer tweeted it out earlier – I think the record for this team for national games is 13 in a season. They have to at least double that, if not more, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I really – it's it, the way the national games work is so weird, and now that the Clippers are such a draw, yeah. I do wonder if that takes away from some of it because the West Coast games where you get most of the inventory as far as getting the national games because there's obviously fewer teams that play out West that want to start at 930. Um and so the Clippers might pull away from that to a degree, but there's going to be a lot. I mean, there will definitely be a lot of games uh, when they play high-profile teams. Those games will almost always be on national TV. When Zion goes to big markets, uh, those, that's going to be certainly a big deal. Uh, it's yeah, for a team <laughs> that basically is you know on the outside looking in of the Western Conference playoffs, it's, it's baffling to think that they're going to get you know 10 to 15 national televised games. But that's one guy, you know, and, and he's a rookie and he's 19. And I don't even know. I mean, he's, he's going to be what? He's think the fourth option on offense right. most possessions. And even then, that's what he means. And, I, and, and, you know, he's made that role work and made that role spectacular when he was a Duke. He was never really the first option. Uh, and he still was able to kind of do all that stuff. So 
I think there's uh, not a lot of trepidation from national networks that his role is going to be diminished. I think they're going to put him on. They're going to make people not watch him, basically. Uh, And until they prove that they're not going to watch him, they're going to throw him on TV because everything he's ever done in his career to this point has attracted eyeballs. So why the heck wouldn't you put him on? You know what it it could mean for us is if we're going to get a lot of those national TV games, we could end up getting those those 6 o'clock games then. How about how about those six o'clock local tips? You, you you'd be in favor of that, right? Yeah, except I got to leave work early, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that would be great. I, I think what you're going to end up with, oh God, those eight thirty local yeah. tips, those are killers, and uh, you got a lot of those in the playoffs, you know, with the Western Conference playoffs. But I think th- how can you honestly look yourself in the face and not put this guy on TV? You know, if you're if you run a network, has he ever? From Instagram in high school to ESPN in college, it is clear this guy and, and shoot he, nine he minutes sold of summer out league. summer league. He sold out summer league tickets were going for four hundred dollars. It was the strangest scene I've ever seen in my life. It felt like a fight. It was the amount of people who were there just to see him as he enters the court for the layup line, and the whole place stands. Fifteen thousand people standing at summer league. I was like, what is happening? I mean, I've covered the Pelicans for five years in summer league. I mean, I can tell you no one has ever cared about a single player <laughs> at Pelican Summer League before. And then there's 15,000 people, like, all glued in. There's scalpers outside. It's a whole different world when he's on the court. And I don't know what it's going to mean in the long term because once this team is 20 and 30, whatever it might be, you know, sometime in mid-March, it's going to be hard, I think, for locally for people to continue to keep up with it and for them to, to keep that passion. There will still be, I think, that optimism through this year, kind of no matter what happens. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if the building continues to be full, there continues to be a buzz. That's going to be hard to maintain through 82 games. I think right now, I think it's still going to be, more than anything else, pregame has always kind of been – the crowd has been sparse pregame for for a lot uh, yeah. of a lot of Pelicans games it fills up the late first early second I, I think people are going to want to get there early now to see what not only what Zion does in warm-ups but a guy like Jackson Hayes I mean I feel like they can start to maybe do some things in warm-ups that would get more people yeah, in there get that LeBron hype going I I, I mean yeah. we, you saw what he did in warm-ups in Vegas it was it, it was oh, yeah the can the ESPN camera didn't leave Zion during warm-ups for that first game. I know y'all were out there. They didn't leave him. It's got to be mandatory viewing for fans now. Watch, right? I sat in the top row. People were standing up (laughs) in the upper bowl. I was like, what is going on? I I mean, again, that will not be the case 50 games in just because it will be a known commodity at that point. And I am really curious to see, you know, we know here how hard this team gets overshadowed in October and November when they're fighting the Saints and they're fighting LSU. I am really curious to see what the dynamic is and if it changes and and whether people like us can tell because uh, that, I think, is really hard to gauge at some points. But for those of us who are so Pelican-focused, will we notice the jump when those Saints people or LSU people who normally are not remotely tuned in that time of year, if they're paying attention, will we notice and will we – you know, be able to to make that statement definitively. Very, I'm very interested to see what this crowd is going to look like on October 11th for that preseason game. That's the one that I think is going to be the kind of the, the first early judgment of how how this excitement is. It's a Friday night in New Orleans, October 11th. I 
I, it's got to be more packed than any other preseason game we've ever seen, right? No, no doubt. Uh, not even close. I think that that is a no doubt. That is a, you know, take a, uh, a sneak peek. This is the only chance you get to see him in preseason, um, preseason NBA. Whew. That is. Uh... They're, they're gonna they're gonna put that. Uh, it's it's gonna be a ridiculous amount of people to watch preseason basketball. I'm with you. You had a take on Twitter the other day about only wanting one preseason game because if it's just such a bad product, you don't want to just charge people for it. But this is going to be, I think, different than anything we've seen. Yes, there will be real hype, real attention, real focus. Um, you know, not to the level of uh, you know a football game or something like that. But I think it will. It'll come close to filling the building. I think a lot of people who have season tickets who never even think about using that preseason game will absolutely use them. Um, I think there'll be a secondary market for good tickets. It's going to be really weird. And this whole season is as much about seeing how much Zion and Griff and all of these changes have affected this market. I think it's honestly as important or more important of a storyline than what they actually do on the floor. Because I don't think they're going to win that much. I think it's going to be really hard for them to crack a lot of these Western Conference games, particularly on the road. I think they're going to struggle. Um, and I think the, the way that this market reacts to it is the most interesting thing about this season coming up. Scott, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Make sure you're very quiet, sneaking back in your house. Uh, don't wake up those kids. Socks only. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. See y'all. Oh, Scott. Two under two. That's going to be – I pray for that man's sanity right now. They're not twins, too. No, no. He just – like his – they just had another baby like maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's a – he's crazy, man. Yeah, sleeping sleeping is not a thing that happens a lot in that house, I can guess. We are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about what what are your favorite childhood memory from an athletic event that you participated in. Ooh. He's Amos Morrell. I'm Andrew Lopez. Standing in for Seth Dunlap on The Last Lap, WWL Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 